For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? My name is David EJ Berger. You can find me at Carl Jr. on Twitter. And welcome to Training Camp Dialed In. I'll be featuring phone calls with NFL writers and reporters from the actual sidelines of camp, getting their first-hand accounts of the action from a fantasy perspective. This is the place to be all month long, as I'm bringing you three to four shows per week filled with football knowledge that's going to help your team win your leagues this season. So you need to subscribe to the Fantasy Authority feed, the exclusive home of the super short-run, super niche, and super essential podcast for the month of August. And we are back. We are back. What's up, everybody? This is the longest I have left you in between shows. Uh, apologies for that. Our time is running out this month. You need this information as often as you can get it. You need to be up to date. And I apologize. But we're going to finish strong here. We are rounding to the finish of August, but this is not the end. This is not the last episode. Still more to come. So make sure you subscribed to the Fantasy Authority to catch these final episodes before your draft and ahead of week one DFS. As I'm recording this, day one of the U.S. Open is wrapping up. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I also do a tennis podcast, match point number nine, where me and my friend Derek lay out some tennis plays. So if you're into gambling, check that out. Follow us at MP9 Tennis. I do a free plays board. I haven't mentioned this yet at all. So as we're wrapping up, hitting the final episodes, I figured I should probably mention that. Okay, board went three and one today, by the way. So check out the free play winners. All right, well, back to football. And guess what? I'm coming back strong because not only are we going to find out the inside scoop on a team with many players you're going to be drafting, but we're talking to one of the best guys on football Twitter and in sports media, one of my favorite follows today we're talking about the san francisco 49ers and i dialed up the one the only grant cone now if you're familiar with grant you know there's nobody else like him and if you're not you're going to quickly become a fan and run right to your twitter app to follow him at grant cone he's the publisher of sports illustrated's all 49ers which you can find at si.com slash nfl slash 49ers and he's got a youtube page under his name dedicated to the team as well you can find him on twitch under the name real grant cone now i do need to add a caveat grant was gracious enough to speak to me this morning a few hours before trey lance's chipped finger hit the newswire so we won't be discussing that but trust me when i say we do talk about trey lance oh we talk about trey lance injury aside grant is about to deliver the definitive guide to the 2021 san francisco 49ers what are we waiting for let's bring him on ladies and gentlemen grant cone hello grant Hey, how are you? 
Good. How are you? I'm pretty good, man. Long day yesterday. Feeling pretty rested. That is great to hear. Grant, uh, first and foremost, thank you for joining me once again. You are Mr. 49ers. Do, do people, I mean, I'm sure you know this. People must tell you this. I mean, we're getting the true inside scoop here. Oh, I appreciate you very much. That, that That's nice of you to say. Thank you. No one covers their team like you do. You don't just have your finger on the pulse of this franchise. You are the pulse of this franchise. To that end, you mentioned uh, yesterday was a long day. The Niners played their last preseason game let's live in the moment ish what were some of your biggest takeaways from this final dress rehearsal if you will for this 49ers offense for the 49ers offense i guess to start off on a positive note the running game looks fantastic i mean no matter who the quarterback is it looks really good and i guess when trey lance is on the field it looks like it's going to be hard to stop i mean i guess what was so impressive about the 2019 run game was uh, schematically the, the rest of the league wasn't ready for it there were so many wrinkles that the league wasn't prepared to stop they couldn't even stop an end around by the end of the season but I think the league had kind of caught on by last season and now the Niners are sort of ahead of the curve again all this stuff that they're going to do with Trey Lance um, in the zone read package paired with Chet sweeps and stuff is going to be really hard for defenses to stop at least this year so that's really good I mean e even with Jimmy Garoppolo in the game the run game looked good all the running backs look good. They might even be able to keep five tailbacks. Why not? If they cut any of those five, I think they end up on another roster. Those are all NFL running backs, and they had a shortage last year. So I think the fact that the running game is going to be so consistent is just a really – bodes – I mean, should mean that this is a winning team. I, even if D'Amico Ryans is, has rookie growing pains as a defensive coordinator in terms of play calling and game planning, the run game should keep the defense off the field. I, even if neither quarterback really – gets hot and plays great this year the run game should prop them up so that is the first takeaway the other takeaway is the two quarterback system it's kind of amazing that they're doing it right like i don't think anyone thought this was the plan when they traded up in march or when they drafted lance like if they had said yeah we're taking lance at three and we're gonna play him 50 percent of the time and make him like be like Taysom hill you'd be like whoa whoa what <laughs> so maybe they're kind of reacting to what they've seen i think basically what i'm seeing like what they're saying is they're playing two quarterbacks because they're both so great. But what I'm seeing is they're playing two quarterbacks because they're both so inconsistent. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo had his played his best yesterday, still is Jimmy. And Trey Lance, uh, for I just don't think the Niners have done a great job getting him ready. Maybe he, maybe that was a tough task given that he didn't play last year. So I think what they have is two quarterbacks that they don't 100% trust, and they're figuring, well, <laughs> let's use both of them. So it'll be interesting to see if that works out. I'm just curious if using Trey Lance as Taysom Hill as a rookie really helps him develop. And I think that's ultimately the most important thing with this franchise right now, I mean, not who starts week one, but how they develop Trey Lance for the future. And I guess I have some concerns, but it's still early. I'm just sort of noticing things, but I'm not trying to push a panic button or anything like that, but I'm picking up patterns, picking up patterns, David. Well, that's what we're here for. We're here to receive those patterns that you're picking up straight from your mouth to our ears because we have fantasy drafts and we need insights. I was going to ask about the offense as a whole next, but maybe I'll punt that down the line because you've already hopped into Jimmy G and Trey Lance talk. And let's be real. This is what people are here for. Um, they, <laughs> want, they want some uh, hardcore Jimmy G versus Trey Lance talk, maybe more specifically some hardcore Trey Lance talk. He's one of the hottest 
nicknames in all of football this month. And him punching it in during the last preseason game was like throwing gasoline on a fire. There's literally no one on the planet who could speak on this better than you. I know you tweeted their final stats with their completion percentages about the same in training camp in the low 60s. Jimmy G got about 50 more throws, tossing seven more interceptions, though. Can you walk us through what camp has been like between these two? And trust me when I say no one wants you to spare any detail. <laughs> okay, so here's what I'm saying. Like, what I see is a whole lot of over analysis of Trey Lance. Like, Trey Lance will throw a ball, okay, and he'll throw it and he'll hit the receiver in both hands in stride. And the receiver will drop it and people will be like, well, he threw it too hard. Or, you know, there was a little wobble there. That, that, there's a little wobble there. He's not quite ready. Or, or he'll have the throw where he misses way high. Like the one to Jenny, his last throw of the day. The one to Jennings is like, yeah, that was that 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 was really, really inaccurate. He's just not ready. And then you got Jimmy Garoppolo throwing an interception a day. And people are like, well, it's just practice. That's no big deal. And I, to me, I don't understand. So I see two inconsistent quarterbacks. But what Lance, Lance's problem is, I guess, he doesn't throw the most catchable pass. Well, that's true. And people are going to, he's going to have more drops than, than Jimmy Garoppolo. But the defense is going to drop the, the ball too. I mean, he's going to throw, he's going to commit fewer turnovers. And the way he's going to improve the run game, the way he's going to limit the turnovers and improve the Niners turnover margin means he's going to give the Niners a better chance to win. But people aren't looking at it that way. Like, I don't even think that the Niners locker room is looking at it that way. They like Jimmy Garoppolo. They, they let, they don't, they excuse his offseason picks and they just think that he's going to flip a switch when uh, the regular season starts. And I think what's going to happen is they're going to let Jimmy start week one and they're going to bring in Trey a lot because they don't trust Jimmy and Jimmy's still going to throw a pick. And that pick is going to, you know, potentially jeopardize the game. And this team is going to have to figure out, make a real decision at some point. Are we more comfortable with Trey Lance's slightly wobbly fastballs that are inaccurate sometimes or Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, turnovers? That's the question they have to decide. And I think I would go with, I think it's an easy decision, honestly. I, don't, I mean, I think it's a freaking no brainer, but so far they're, they're stuck on this, on this, uh, on this problem. It seems like people out there, they want to believe a narrative that Jimmy G is going to play and then eventually Trey will take over, which it sounds like could be what you're saying, but it also sounds like based off yesterday that this two platoon thing, Trey getting in there with Jimmy G is real. Can you talk about timeline in terms of who's going to be under center and, and maybe, you know, it's developing in a direction that we, we kind of didn't expect. I think they, they're going to do this until one of these quarterbacks just takes the job, Trey or Jimmy. And I don't know if that's going to, it's just, it's like, you could give Jimmy Garoppolo all the reps in the world. He's not going to improve. This is who he is. He's plateaued. And so if you give a two quarterback system, is either quarterback going to improve or is this going to hold both of them back? Like bringing Trey Lance in mid drive to run the zone read or handoff. Does that improve him as a quarterback? I don't think it does. So you, you bring in Trey Lance and play to his strengths and you don't, you know, ask him to do these things that he's struggling with right now. You play Jimmy Garoppolo half the time. I think you hurt both quarterbacks confidence and you don't really give Trey, who's the most important player in the organization, uh, uh, the right opportunity to improve. Like they didn't do this stuff with Josh Allen in Buffalo. They let him play and learn on the job and get as many reps as possible. You could say that the Niners aren't in that position because they're a better team, but Ultimately, the long-term development of Lance is the most important thing, no matter what. It's not about this season. I know, I, I know they think they're a, play, a Super Bowl team. I don't really see them that way. I mean, you have a two-quarterback system. Most people will say you have no quarterbacks. How can you say you're a better team than the Packers right now? How can you say you're a better team than the, Seah the Seahawks or the Bucks? I just feel like they're kind of holding on to this revenge tour mindset that they should have won the Super Bowl two years ago with Jimmy. And I think a lot of people in this locker room want to prove that when really they need to be focused on the future. 
And I, I just feel like they're delaying the development. Like we're seeing some inconsistency with Lance. He didn't play enough with the starters in the offseason in training camp. And they don't let him get into a freaking rhythm in these pre- preseason games. He got backups dropping his passes left and right, and then he's in and out. It just seems like if he could just calm down and get in a rhythm, he'd be really good. But they're they're having him run the zone read. I don't know. I mean, Kyle seems like he's messing with us, and he has a plan that he's not really revealing. But I guess I'm questioning his uh, method of preparing. Like, like, for example, Josh Rosen, okay? Josh Rosen was abysmal with the 49ers. He goes to Atlanta, who just hired that coach from Tennessee, who resurrected Ryan Tannehill's career, and boom, has a good game. Like, he's been on the team for two weeks, plays a preseason game, looks good. Afterward, he's smiling. He's saying that he's in the best mental space of his career. I mean, when he was talking with the Niners, he looked depressed, and I think he was. So I just, I wonder if Kyle Shanahan is really good at like mentoring and developing. I know he's great, but his, his system is great. I love his scheme, but this is totally different. And he's never really developed a young quarterback before. Uh, the most success he's had has been with Matt Ryan, who was a veteran who was already developed. He needed a better system. Kyle provided that. This is different. I mean, I have a feeling that Kyle is a lot like his dad, a lot like John Gruden, where you have a quarterback in the meeting room on a Wednesday and you're you are evaluating him on the standard like he's Joe Montana and if he falls short you don't hold back you 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 let him know and I feel like as a as a person that has a lot of um people on my YouTube channel I don't do that to people I I don't I don't eviscerate him I don't think it brings out the best in him uh, I think it makes him self-conscious and if you give people positive reinforcement they usually rise to the occasion to prove you right so I'm just curious to see what Kyle does because I just can't help but notice that Jimmy lost confidence under Kyle uh, CJ Beathard looks more confident away from Kyle. Josh Rosen looks more confident away from Kyle. And now you got Trey Lance over here looking way less confident than he did at North Dakota State. I just, I'd like Kyle to think about this because it's very serious. <laughs> Incredible insights. This is why we're here, Grant, for a perspective. Uh, we're not going to get anywhere else. Real quick, I, I want to move on from Lance, but I do have one more question. So you mentioned the zone read, the, and, and the big thing with Lance coming in is, especially for fantasy as, as that's what we're here to talk about is unlocking a ceiling with his legs. He was a thousand yard rusher in college, but it doesn't seem like he's leaning on those legs all that much. Have you seen him in camp run the ball a bit more? Where are we at with him using his legs? Is he going to be more of a pocket passer? What kind of tendencies have you seen? Obviously we've seen the preseason games, but you're, you're at camp. Give us a little detail there. I would like him to bail from the pocket quicker. Like, I feel like his thing is to stay in there and show that he's a big, strong pocket passer who can execute the offense. Cause that's what Kyle wants but to me if you're a mobile quarterback and the defense rushes they abandon their rush lanes they create escape avenues take them that's your first read like that's how you're going to hurt the defense the most and he's kind of staying in the pocket too long not taking what the defense is giving him and, and like creating sacks on his own so that's I mean I think that'll come with experience once he gets a better fight I thought he was doing a better job of scrambling in this game as the game went along and I think maybe the fact that he really hasn't played very much explains that he seems to lack instincts in a lot of ways like dude yeah it's third down the, the offensive line just parted like the Red Sea. Take it, man. Take it. This is why you're out there. You're making this way too hard on yourself. The game should be easy for you because you can run. You know, like, that's why defenses can't play man-to-man coverage because they're afraid of you scrambling. You should always be leveraging that. It, it, and you leveraging your legs will make your pocket passing easier. I just feel like when he's in the pocket and, and trying to impress Kyle Shanahan, you can kind of see how – labored it is he's working on his mechanics he's thinking he's thinking but when he gets to throw on the run it's beautiful it's it's effortless it's natural and if i had a quarterback like that i would be looking to up op- like for opportunities to get him throwing on the run as much as possible i'm sure they'll do that during the season but 
in preseason, they had him pretty stationary. And I think that's maybe one reason why he was throwing those wobblers. Well, Grant, uh, you were rightfully critical of Jimmy G on third down late in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. You had a nice breakdown where he should have used those legs to get the first mm. down, if I recall. And I assume this is why Lance was brought in, because, uh, like I said, you're the pulse. I'm sure it got back to Kyle. <laughs> we need a I'd guy. like to think so. We, we, we got to get a mobile quarterback in here. So hopefully that comes to fruition. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, well, let's move off the quarterback, talk about the pass catchers in the wide receiver room next. Debo Samuel and second-year wide receiver Brandon Ayuk headlined this room. Ayuk was expected to be electric, but I think he was a bit more of a revelation to the fantasy community than he probably was to Kyle Shanahan John Lynch, who took him in the first round. Between weeks 7 through 14, Ayuk averaged 11.5 targets, 7.5 receptions, essentially 95 yards, and he chipped in four touchdowns. Lots of smart people in this fantasy space are predicting an Ayuk leap in 2021, and there's plenty of high hopes for Debo Samuel, that explosive yak guy. They are both drafted pretty aggressively and often. What have you seen from these two in terms of their roles and usage? And how do you see their seasons playing out? Well, they're both very good players. They both are used similarly. They both could have around the sim similar amount of targets. It's hard to differentiate. I think the main thing you should be looking at here is injuries, I would think. I mean, one thing that's exciting about Debo Samuel is he had a very healthy offseason. And when Trey Lance is on the field, they haven't shown it in preseason, but Lance likes to throw deep to Debo. When Debo's in the game with Jimmy, Jimmy doesn't throw deep at all, uh, no matter who's in the game, really. And when he plays with Debo, it's like a lot of short passes that require Debo to break a lot of tackles. When Lance is in there, he wants to go down the field, and Debo's really fast. So I think you could see Debo's yards per catch skyrocket with the quarterback switch. Um as far as Ayuk goes, he's interesting. He has an injured hamstring right now. He's had injury issues like Debo, but people don't talk about him as much for whatever reason. I'd be cautious with Brandon Ayuk because he definitely has an injury history. And uh, this is going to be a team that runs the ball probably more than any other team in the league. It's a team that doesn't really have a quarterback that they that the head coach trusts right now. And it's a team where the tight end is going to lead the, the squad and targets. So, yeah, I mean, I'd be a little hesitant in investing big in either one. Well, if we're not investing big in the top two wide receivers, it gets pretty thin after that. Could there be another fantasy-relevant wide receiver on this team? There's a deep sleeper, and this guy, like, wasn't on the radar at all, but I got to say, man, Trent Sherfield is hell good. <laughs> like, I saw him in Arizona, and he wasn't quite – he wasn't like this. He He's in really good shape. He's really strong and built. And the thing is, he's got – he can catch Lance's passes. He's got good hands. I think he's the kind of guy that both quarterbacks are going to be looking to a lot because he's reliable. And again, with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel missing time frequently, that that could be the that guy could start. So Trent Sherfield is someone who's going to be available late, and he's just been lights out in camp. So uh, and and both quarterbacks like him. So I would I would mention him. 
Thank you for that. Uh, we're also going to write that name down for DFS. A lot of DFS grinders out there looking for those skeleton keys to unlock slates. Uh, Shrewfield sounds like it could be that if Ayuk isn't on the field. All right. Thank you, Grant. Uh, next up, where it seems the fantasy gamers always find some success with this team. Uh, that's that's the running back room. But there's also equal parts confusion here, Grant. We need clarity. This year, gamers are pretty sold on the idea of Trey Sermon eventually being the back to roster, but also acknowledging the upside of Raheem Mostert, who figures to factor in greatly what have you seen from these two in terms of their roles and how do you see this playing out there's a lot of thunder lightning talk a lot of cliche narratives uh, out there floating around with these two can you help guide us uh, heading to draft day i think it's going to be a fairly even split between Mostert and sermon i think Mostert's going to get probably uh 15 carries a game and sermon could get 10 to 12 i know they want to be judicious with Mostert because he's gotten hurt in the past but He's also almost 30 years old and he'll be a free agent next year. So they they don't really need to save him for next year. He could be on another team next year. So also he looked just really, really good against the Raiders. I, I've always been a big fan of his running style since 2018. I think he's a hell of a runner. I mean, there's a lot of things running backs have to do, but in terms of just running the ball, who's really better than him? Like He, he can average five yards of carry in his sleep. Yesterday, he averaged seven. He looked really good. And then Trey Sermon is a lot different. Uh, he's not as fast. But he has a great ability to stop and start in the backfield. Like Mostert doesn't really stop and start. He uh, gains speed, hits, finds a hole, hits a quick cutback, and he's gone. Sermon in the zone read from the shotgun can make all those little quick jump cuts and then explode, which um, makes him a great complement to Raheem Mostert and a great fit with Trey Lance in that zone read package. So those two should be really good. And then if either one gets hurt, they have good backups too. I mean, Jermichael Hasty looks like a definite NFL running back. Elijah Mitchell, their sixth round pick looks really good. And then Wayne Gallman is a solid vet. So they're going to run the ball a ton this year. Don't, don't forget that Trey Lance is going to run the ball like seven, eight times a game as well. This is a team that's going to run the ball like 35 times a game, probably get to 3000 yards. They're not going to throw the ball a lot because they have two quarterbacks, but they will run them a lot. So, I mean, I, I think the Niners offense is interesting because it's like the most exciting offense in the league. It's going to be ranked high in a lot of categories, but there's committees everywhere. You don't know who to get. In the running game, in the passing game, even at quarterback, it's it's kind of like a, a fantasy football player's nightmare, this team. Absolutely. And uh, to that end, a lot of people out there are saying that the key to unlocking this season is nailing the, the right 49ers in their draft. So we're getting the inside scoop. And uh, unfortunately, that is that uh, there's not a ton of clarity uh, inside yeah. the organization as well. But I like the insights of comparing Moster and Sermon and what they do individually for this offense. Uh, and I, I feel like both guys are going to be good. I mean, they're not going to get a ton of like, they're not going to get 20 carries, but they're going to get you know, they're going to be averaging a high yards per carry, especially with Lance in the game so i think both of them would be good investments you just have to know that they're not going to be getting they're not bell cows absolutely and then looking down roster you mentioned hasty i want to clear some space to talk about michael hasty I'm, I'm a hasty guy i have him dangling around the bottom end of some dynasty rosters how has he looked uh, you mentioned he's an nfl running back uh can we get some hardcore hasty talk i kind of think of him like Jeff Wilson Jr., although they're different backs, but just in the sense that undrafted free agents who really played well in preseason and earned their way onto the team. But the thing with Jeff Wilson Jr. is he got cut twice and cleared waivers because a lot of teams, I guess, look at undrafted free agents that perform well, undrafted free agent running backs who perform well in preseason is like, oh, well, you know, you're still an undrafted free agent running back and you're a dime a dozen and we don't need to put you on our team. But I think Jermichael Hasty has been so impressive in this preseason and even last year 
that if he were to get cut, the team would pick him up. Like, I think the Rams would be interested. I think the Ravens would be interested. I think he's an NFL running back, which is significant for a guy who was an undrafted free agent. So I think the Niners should keep him. He's young. He's talented. He looks stronger and more explosive than last year. I think he's definitely an asset to the team. I don't think he'll make it to the practice squad. What about Elijah Mitchell? A lot of dynasty guys like them, some Elijah Mitchell. Could he make it over Hasty on this team? How has he been looking? He played his preseason debut yesterday. So that was my first look at him, and I thought he was really good. I mean, he has some, a few good runs. He averaged four yards a carry. Uh, he's going to make the team. I think Hasty will, too. The thing with Mitchell is he's a, he plays special teams as well. Like He's like a young Raheem Mostert. He's on the kick coverage team, and he's the fastest guy down the field. He's... Uh, a kick, he returned a kick yesterday, returned it for 45 yards. So if they want to keep like five tailbacks, they can do it because this guy is a special teamer. Last but not least, uh, tight end George Kittle is the first 49er off the board. Uh, he's buried here on the show, but he's first up in drafts. Once again, we are drafting him early and often. We've established that Kyle Shanahan refuses to throw to George Kittle in the red zone. I mean, that's just, we have at this point evidence to make a state case for conviction. He flat out won't do it. But that aside, should we expect another big year from Kittle? I think he's remade his body a little bit. You know, he his foot broke last year. I don't know what happened there, but he looks lighter now. His, his legs look lighter. I feel like he's trying to make himself more built like a receiver than a tight end, um, which is important because he's the number one receiver on the team. So his blocking may take a step back, although it still should be elite, but his receiving should, he should be faster. He should be more explosive. So I don't know if he's going to get those <laughs> targets in the red zone. In fact, I don't think he will. I think those go to, let's be honest, uh, Snoo, Ayu, Dwelly, you know, use check pretty much anyone but him. And I don't know what it is. I think he was the same way in Atlanta. Like everyone expects me to throw to Julio Jones here. So he's my decoy. Ha ha ha. It's like, okay, great. Um, whatever works. Uh, just get that red zone percentage, uh, TD, that TD percentage up because it hasn't been great. I think that's what Trey Lance is going to help. Even if Jimmy Garoppolo starts and drive has a nice drive, like you're coming out, man. You're coming out, and Trey Lance is coming in in the red zone, and I think that's going to really improve everything. So uh, I know we were talking about Kittle. I wouldn't expect Kittle to have a bunch of touchdowns this year. I, I would expect Trey Lance to have a bunch of touchdowns this year. If we start a petition on change.org to get Kittle some more red zone targets, do you think that will be effective? I think Kittle has to show that he, that he can make more acrobatic catches away from his frame. Um, he's really good like with the ball in his hands, but I'm not sure that Shanahan trusts his – hand-eye coordination like that like that's really more Ross Dwelly's uh skill set like the, the long extended catch with like with the fingertips so maybe this is Ross Dwelly's here fantasy football guys interesting nugget there as always Grant thank you so much uh, could you tell us a little bit about former wide receiver turned tight end Jordan Matthews uh, could he factor in is he really making this transition what are your thoughts on Jordan Matthews I mean, it's an interesting experiment for him um I don't think he's going to make this team. And I think this year's how I look at make, uh, the roster decisions. It's not always who played best in camp. It's, it's usually more like who, if we cut, will get signed by another team. You know, like if, if they cut Jordan Matthews, is any other team going to sign him? Probably not. Uh, he was hanging out on the couch a few weeks ago and someone got, Michael Pruitt got hurt. The Niners called him up and were like, do we need a guy? So I think what will happen is he has the, the playbook. They'll probably, you know, keep the playbook. And he'll probably get cut and they'll say, look, if anyone gets hurt, you're the first guy we're going to call. Stay ready. And I think he will. But I don't think any other team is looking at Jordan Matthews differently because he spent two weeks with the Niners, three weeks with the Niners playing tight end. I think he's the Niners project that they can kind of stash in his, in his living room for a while until they need him. 
Grant, uh, I'm going to get you out of here. I have two questions left. We know this offense pretty well. Shanahan has now been uh, in charge for a few years now. We have a lot of tape. We have, have a lot of numbers that, that bear out. He pretty much does more or less the same thing. But are there any new wrinkles heading into this year that fantasy gamers should expect? In the offense? Man, i get fired if I told you. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, the wrinkle is the two-quarterback offense. The wrinkle is the fact that they're going to have this – their running game is going to be way more diverse than it was in the past. I mean, they had the number two running game in the league two years ago with a quarterback who can't move. Now the quarterback is going to be the catalyst of the running game and the, and the person that defenses are most worried about. It's going to change everything. So that's cool. I mean, I think schematically that'll lead to a lot. Uh, they can build a lot off of that. Also, the play-action game should be way better with Lance in there. Um, once you – establish that run that teams can't stop and then you do a play fake and get him out of the pocket I just think it's going to be murder on defenses so I, I don't see too many more wrinkles I think they've kind of exhausted their options in the Jimmy Garoppolo offense it's going to be interesting to see how much of the Trey Lance offense they can un, they can get to this year I guess it depends on him well we need you gamefully employed Grant so uh please <laughs> um thank you for not divulging too much there uh um <laughs> all right Grant I have one final question but it's a bit of a toughie I'm gonna make you put yourself out there what's your boldest fantasy prediction for this 49ers team in 2021 Ooh, boldest fantasy prediction how about this of Kittle Ayuk and Debo Samuel the person who who has the most fantasy points by the end of the season is Debo I love that there are plenty of Debo truthers out there and they Debo. are ecstatic. They are fist pumping in their cars or on the yeah. treadmill, wherever they listen to their podcast. Uh, Grant, thank you so much. You've said it all about this 49ers team. Uh, pretty much the, the best breakdown anyone's going to get from a man who knows his team. Unlike anybody else, he's the publisher of Sports Illustrated's All 49ers. Grant, I want to give you a, a space here. Where can people find all your stuff and uh, anything you want to say to the fantasy community as they're probably about to jump in your mentions as you are Mr. 49ers? Okay. Um, yeah, I, all my all my stuff is at uh, all 49ers. That's si.com slash NFL slash 49ers. And I'm on Twitter trolling 49er fans about seven or eight times a day. That's always fun. And I have a YouTube channel that is pretty easy to find. Search for Grant Cohn. Got about 36,000 subscribers and I'm posting every day. So I'm not hard to find. I'm around. And if you don't, if you can't find me, I'll, I'll find you. I'll track you down and I'll just annoy you all day. That's what happened. <laughs> I love it, Grant. And I just want to say outside of 49ers, if you're just interested in sports, Grant is one of the best in the biz. Grant, I love following you. You're hilarious. And I love the way you troll people uh, who <laughs> Thanks, truly, man. truly do not get it, <laughs> which is pretty mind blowing. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, th thank you, Grant, once again. And until next year, have a great season. My pleasure. Thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. Debo Samuel, deep ball from Trey Lance. You are now dialed in. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.